And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Welcome, everybody. What is that? What did you say, Josh Thompson? I'm interrupting the show. I'm interrupting the show. (laughs) (laughs) We want to welcome everyone to the new edition of the Weighing In Podcast. This is our midweek edition where we're going to talk about the PFL. Rory McDonald coming back for his second fight in the PFL. We've got the UFC coming up with Dan Ige against the Korean Zombie in the main event. They had a great show with a pay-per-view last week. Now they get to give us something, a little free fight. We can also talk a little bit about the stare-down between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. That wasn't a face-off. That was a staring contest. We'll talk about that. I'll give you a little story behind it. How you doing, my brother? I'm doing great. What do you think about the background, man? What do you think about my new background? Your background is fantastic. Let's go. Dude. Let's go. Talk to me, Goose. That's now you have know. no more shirts know. of ours, though. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> have any of them. I do not have any of them. There's even some below you can't see. I've got to figure out a way to like do this so... I, I got to be like closer because you're so close, you know. So I am. I've got to be kind of like in the but same. I can't go any further back. Frame. I know I've got to be kind of in the same frame. You know, um, I'm gonna set this studio up a little bit better because when the podcast Dave was here, it was a freaking disaster. So now I've got to come in and just get it all organized and just make sure that it's all cool. And I will, I will one of these days. I might get rid of this brand new seat I just got and uh, maybe switch over to a standing. I might do a standing desk. So You're going to do stand, a standing routine now. A standing Nerd. desk. Yeah, yeah. I might do a standing desk and then, okay, uh, then I might even have a walking I might even have a walking treadmill while we film. All right. We're talking there's a nerd there's a nerd alert going out right now because you know, you're really going off the deep end. I've decided that you guys are haters. That's what I've just decided. <laughs> you guys are like now now that Dave lives 2000 miles away, all he does is talk shit through text now. Okay, and you, you've always just done talk shit. That's why we're so close. <laughs> <laughs> now I can I laugh without killing myself, so I'm, pre- I'm feeling pretty good right now, man. All of you guys have no idea how much shit John talks to me. I swear, I love it. That's why we've become so close. If you guys want to know what locker room talk is, just hang out with us for 20 minutes. It's freaking yes, hilarious. Sir, man. that's oh, what friendship's geez. all about, man. This is. Okay, so the crowd goes wild. <sighs> Josh Thompson. <sighs> Big John McCarthy, ah, and then Podcast Dave, boo, boo. <laughs> Everybody was upset because Podcast Dave dropped the ball last week, and uh, I don't know what he did. I can't remember, but CTE, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, CTE. Uh, let's get into this. Uh, let's get into this PFL stuff. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Roy let's McDonald, go. Let's go. Gleason, Gleason T-Bow. Fighting the largest man on the face of the earth. Uh, enormous. Thank God he's not at 55 anymore. He's at 70 now. But he's still probably walking around about 215. <laughs> making that <laughs> cut. Before the fight, yeah. Jeez, man. He's enormous. I swear. True story. Like as if I would lie to you guys about this, but true story. Okay, like John likes to say true story. And I'm like, John, yeah. why would you lie to me? Like, <laughs> why? Yeah. Why, do, why do you have to say that? But I was... Uh, I was with AJ, uh, Anthony Johnson, cornering him one time for one of his fights. I want to say it was when he fought Luigi Floravante. And, um, oh my God, poor Luigi. 
Yeah, it was wasn't good for him. Wasn't good for him. <laughs> he is a good um, guy, man. He's a he's a good submission. He was guy. a super nice guy. He was yeah. cool. He was cool as hell. Like especially when he realized that uh, AJ didn't make weight. Um, he was pretty cool about it. But that being said, I was we were all walking from the sauna, and Gleason was literally being walked hand in hand with like two other guys, like to the weigh-ins. Just I was I was surprised. And then every probably I'd say every ten to fifteen steps. He would stop, take probably a good 30 seconds of just to stand there for a second. And then they would walk another 10, 15 steps and then they would stop and then do it again. That, ladies and gentlemen, is what not to do when making the weight. Like, it's just like not just for safety wise. Look, I understand the weight cut thing. I get that part of it all. I mean, I've been cutting weights since I was about 12 years old. It was never large amounts. You know, the most I ever cut was uh, I cut 28 pounds. I was going to say, what about a kid? uh, The kid Yamamoto fight. fight. That was the one that I cut the most weight. But I took the fight on two weeks notice. I cut 28 pounds in 24 hours. That was the worst. That was the worst decision of my life. Yeah. (laughs) But it was actually what got me into the UFC off that fight, even though it was a no contest. But it was one of those fights, you know, that I was like, hey, I had the opportunity. Like, everyone was going to be there. That was the that was the. That fight itself, Sean Shelby was the matchmaker, him and his ex-wife. They were the ones that ran the show. They had a big-time money backer. You, uh, Dana White was there. You have, uh, Joe Silva was there. Silva. I want to say the Fertitas were there. I'm not sure. But anyways, they had some – They had it was a, a, lot of, a lot of UFC people there. They, they were there to sign almost everybody that was on that card. Lawler came off there. Cabbage Carrera came off there. Uh, Pete Spratt, Dwayne Ludwig, Eves Edwards. Uh, fuck, man. Who, uh, what's it called? Who else was on that card? There was a ton of fighters on that card, man. So Kid Yamamoto and myself, we fought. There was a ton of guys. It was called Shogun. It was a fight in Hawaii. I mean, who the hell wouldn't want to go to Hawaii? You know? Um, I was like, yeah, sign me up, man. Two weeks notice. Fight this guy. It's 143 pounds. I got to make that weight. I was like 169, 170, something like that. I'm like, yeah, no problem. Got this. Yeah, went for it. Did it. Pulled it off. Pulled it out of my ass. It was good stuff, though. Pulled it off. Um, You kicked him in the balls. That's all right. Pulled it off. (laughs) (laughs) Got me signed to a long-term deal. That's all that mattered right there. Just got me signed to a long-term deal. That's it. Solid-ass kick right to the yeah. fucking pills. Ended that fight. I didn't realize he was so small until I saw him in person. <laughs> that little shit was running around. Rest, is, rest in peace, my friend. But uh, he's a he's a, a legend, man. That guy's oh, amazing. Um, but not only that, but he was tiny. He was so small. Like, man, it's for me to make the one for me to make one forty three was like cutting a leg off. It was so bad. It took me probably a good. Took me probably a good two months just to get my normal weight back up to like normal, like just to walk around. I mean, like, and to f- look physically fit. It just was weird. But he was so, he was tiny. He was short. There was no way he should have been fighting at 43. He was probably a 25 pounder. You know, we got to remember. I mean, he knocked out a ton of guys. Yeah. I mean, uh, he fought Rumor Sato. Uh, not Rumor Sato. He fought uh, the, the kickboxer. God. Uh, oh, you're talking about uh, Masato. Masato, yes, yeah. he fought uh, Masato, dropped him, lost the yeah, fight, but he I dropped was there. him. <clears throat> yeah, he fought him, he dropped him. Uh, did he knock out? He, oh, he knocked out uh, Hoyler, correct? Yep. No, that was Genki Sudo. That was Genki Sudo. That knocked Sudo out Hoyler. He knocked out Genki Sudo. Yes. Yes, I mean, just great, man. Like, he was phenomenal, dude. He was such a stud. He was. Just the K1, the K1 days, the old, you know, Shuto days, all that. So he was a stud. His, I think his sister was an Olympic medalist. In his whole his whole family, his whole family wrestling, had wrestling uh, gods yeah. in J- Japan. So, from what I understand, he was on the he was the Olympic he was on the Olympic team. And then he got kicked off for 
knocking out or punching one of the coaches. Yeah. That was like the story behind it all. I don't I mean, I don't know the whole story, so I don't want to shade. I don't want to throw shade, you know, like, but he's, he was a great person to be around. Loved hanging out with him. Super nice guy. Um, but I saw him that week. I was supposed to fight him. It was higher. I am starving to death. And he was walking around with sandwiches, always had snacks in his hands. I'm like, you freaking guy, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to kick you right in the nuts. <laughs> sure, he was sure. a hell of a, he was a hell of a wrestler and he had good standup. So, no, he had some power in his hands. Yeah. yeah, he had some power. He was quick. He had power in his hands, and he could wrestle. Yep. That dude could wrestle. I think he has two sisters. I think both of them were Olympians. I think one of them was an Olympic gold medalist or maybe, I don't know, somewhere in there. Like, one of them was an Olympic uh, Olympic medalist. <clears throat> yeah, All right, well, hey, let's get into this. Uh, let's get into this um, PFL. Roy McDonald, Gleason Tebow. I mean, everything says that Roy McDonald is just going to be the technician on this. He's going to be, Gleason's going to be hard to take down because he's not easy to take down. Roy should be able to outspeed him, should be able to jab, put the jab in his face, touch him and touch him, use his kicks and all of his weapons to beat up Gleason. He's going to have a hard time taking him down. He's going to have a hard time holding him down. If people recall back, if you look at the Khabib fight along with Gleason, that was one of the fights where Khabib had a hard time getting takedowns. Even though he was able to get some, but he wasn't. It was he struggled at moments to get takedowns. I believe he got taken down in that yes, fight. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Okay. <clears throat> um. So if you talk about how Roy needs to beat him, is Roy needs to mix it up. He needs to just use all of his weapons, all of his tools. But if I put it on the, if you put that fight on the feet, and if he can stop takedowns, I think he's got a great chance of just piecing up Gleason. He's just too fast. Too fast. He's too accurate of a striker. Yep. He's such a smart fighter too. You know, don't let's let's let me take that back a little bit. He's an extremely smart fighter when he wants to be. <laughs> Sometimes he lets his balls get in the way. You know, like when you look oh. at Roy, I mean, like he's fought some fights where you're just like, damn, you are a freaking savage. The guy's a stud, man. Like, look, everything about his career is absolutely amazing. I know he came up short, you know, in the UFC. He was able to beat Lima, and then he lost to Lima, and now he's over here at PFL, just you know, fight and fighting. I think he's going to end up probably winning this whole tournament. You know, as long as he continues to fight smart, he's a stud. He's just a stud all the way around. When you look at him, he's not the guy that everyone would think. You know, would be a fighter. He's the way he speaks, how soft spoken he is. But then he just posts. He posts some nasty, vicious videos of guys just getting decapitated and stuff right before he fights them. He just he's. People give him a hard time for being an awkward guy, but guess what? He's such a nice guy, man. He's so nice, and he's just so talented all the way around. Yeah, I, I think in this fight, you know, although I, Gleason has had a, a really good career, let's be honest, he's at the he's definitely at the tail end of that career, and he's at a bigger weight class, which is not bad because of the weight cuts, like you're talking about. He used to lose way too much weight, and it was definitely telling in some of his last, you know, uh, fights when he was in the UFC. Look at his fight with Islam Makachev. You know, yeah. he got knocked, you know, silly in that fight. You know, he got he got beat by Des Green also, you know, and then he uh he got a win, I know, when he fought es- uh Escadero in that Chuck Liddell Pete Ortiz Golden yeah. Boy thing. But you know, his last fight he I know he lost by decision. It's just he's not he's at that point where Rory's just better everywhere. He's just a better fighter. And so if Roy loses that fight to uh, Gleason, great job by Gleason. I don't see it happening, and it would be a huge upset, in my opinion. I think Roy's going to walk away with that. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, I think uh, – I don't see I, – I, Roy just needs to fight smart. Like when he gets into a slugging match, don't make it a slug match. Just use your technique. He's such a technician all the way around. I mean, he reminds me of a GSP, a lot of a GSP. 
thing is though is that he just doesn't have the physical strength of a GSP. Like when he would fight for, he has a technique. I think even somewhat, sometimes a little bit better of technique in some positions, but he just he doesn't have the physical attributes that went along with GSP. And I know they have the, they had the same coaches for the longest time, but they have some same tendencies. But I, he was he was slated to be the the replacement for GSP for the longest yeah. time, like the guy to take over. Yeah. And the fight that really that I really recall and remember just him really me following him then as a fight was the Carlos Condit fight. Cause I think he was 19 years old at the time. He was young and the, for him to get into that third round, he was 10 seconds away or whatever from winning the fight. He had dominated the first two rounds. He was actually, and then he just gassed out. And then at halfway through the second round, he just had no energy. He took so many big shots. The last two and a half minutes of that fight. I'm surprised he didn't get stopped sooner. But I was thinking to myself, you let the guy get fucking destroyed, a 19-year-old, for two and a half minutes. What's another 10 seconds, ref? Fuck, and then he would have got up and he would have won. I mean, Wait, his oh, career would have well, been... What are you on the ref for? Because the What's ref up with fucked that? up. He, he dropped the ball. Were you the ref? Were you the ref? <laughs> no, I was Were you the not. ref in that fight? No, I was you not. You were. I was not. No, were, I was uh, not. I can tell was you it? who he was, but I'm not going to do that. Well, it was, was probably... Y- what, what, what was his name? Mazzagatti. It's probably him. Huh? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the truth of that, that fight happened in Vancouver, <clears throat> British Columbia. Basically, you know, Roy was from British Columbia, and Kevin Dornan was the referee, and he's from British Columbia. And it was one of those that, because... Rory was from British Columbia. He was trying to give him everything he could. and got to the point. He goes, I got to stop this. And he stopped it. No, so, you should have let it go. 10 yeah, more seconds. Yeah. 10 more seconds. You did your, no, you failed he your sh- country, man. That's exactly he what fa- he actually should have stopped it sooner. But. Yeah, he should have. He should have, but he failed his countrymen. That's what he did. <laughs> he he should have let him fucking go out on his shield. What an asshole. Uh, <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm serious, man, what an asshole. You got to be better off. You gotta, <laughs> let your, let him go out on his shield. He did. Yes. As far as he could. Freedom. Uh, the whole Braveheart situation should have let him it. do that. Anyway. Ray Cooper takes on Nikolay Alex Shaken. Have you ever seen yeah. Nikolai fight? No, I have not seen him, but I I've seen you, Ray I Cooper fight. I think you fight. have. I think you have. Well, he fought um, Ben Askren, I believe, in one. I watched him fight. He went all the way. went five rounds with Ben Askren. I think it was five huh. rounds. might have been three. But he went. He went the distance. He lost a decision to Ben Askren. That's the first time that I watched him fight. And, uh, yeah, uh, up until Ben got a hip replacement and went to the UFC with a fucked up hit and everything, Ben was undefeated. <laughs> so yeah, that time. would explain yeah. that he lost to, yeah, to, to Ben. No, no kidding. But uh, uh, I mean, he actually he can wrestle though too. He's got good wrestling. He's got good stand up. But the big difference is Ray Cooper's coming into his own. Ray Cooper's got power in his hands. He is a freaking, he's a stick of dynamite ready to explode at all all times. And now he's even pulling off submissions. His last fight, he pulls off the submission. So you look and you go, he's just getting better. Um, it's it's going to be a, it's a good matchup because Ray's not going to be able to just bully, you know, Nikolay around as far as, you know, toss him around when he wants. But I think that Nikolay's going to have a lot of problem with the power of uh, Ray Cooper. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are gonna have a lot of problems with uh, Ray <laughs> Cooper's think? power. He's got some freaking dogs, man. He's just heavy-handed. He's p- constant pressure. He waits for you to make a mistake. Like he puts the pressure to the point where you make a mistake, and then he just pieces you up—a fucking two-piece in a soda, baby. He just touches you and touches you, and, got, and people just can't handle his power. His dad was the same damn way. 
His dad would just walk you down and just piece you up to the body and then rock you and knock you out to the head. That's why I never wanted to fight that fucking guy. I was supposed to fight that guy like five or six times, his, his dad. I'm like, uh, no, okay, it's a hard pass, bro. I already <laughs> knew he was hard to take down. I knew he had better boxing than me, and I was like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll just pass on that. If you make it to the UFC, I'll see you there, bud. That's kind of where I was at in my, my life in that well, time. That, you know, that was back back then. Ray Brada Cooper, man, it was everyone knew, don't stand up with Ray. No. Take no. Ray down and submit him. And if you got him yeah. down, he could get the submission because he was not he was lost on the ground. Yeah. But man, I'll tell you what, in the stand up, he was a fucking beast. He was fun. He was yeah. fun to watch too. Yeah. yeah. He was fun to watch. I mean Ray Ray uh Ray his son is is phenomenal. He's better. Pressure. I mean, yeah, he's got he's got two what, two wins, I think, over Jake Shields. Oh yeah. I think he's got two wins over Jake Shields, which is crazy because a lot we've seen some of the best guys in the world, guys like Robbie Lawler, all those guys. Not be able to, you know, Dan Henderson not be able to take down Jake Shields or not not want to take down Jake Shields. Are you kidding? I did Jake Shields versus Dan Henderson. Dan Henderson comes out in the first round, and he's putting it on Jake, putting it on him, put him on him. He fucking annihilated him. I'm surprised Jake did or Jake didn't die. Exactly, and he makes it through the round, and from that point on, I would say that Dan Henderson for the next 20 minutes, out of the next 20 minutes was yeah. mounted for 18 of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how my, it was like, whoop, down, mount. I was like, are you kidding me? It was like, he, he just annihilated Dan. Couldn't hurt him, but. But there was no finish. There was no, that's the thing. Like, oh, there was I know never, that. I know Jake that. was like, I'm not giving up this position. Oh, exactly. I'm not, I'm not giving up this position at all. I'm just going to just keep touching you, touching you. Was, yep. and, you know, here's the signature part of Jake Shields, and I love me some Jake. Jake's a great guy. He helped me train a lot for a lot of my fights at AKA. He'd come down and train. But when he would mount you, and even in training, he would go, but there was like no power behind any of it. He was just controlling the position. He's a stud, though, man. Like I, he's got ground. three. He's got three moves in jujitsu, yeah, and they guillotine. work every. He got the guillotine, the arm and guillotine, <laughs> and the sweep, and the way actually four. And then the way he passes guard, the knee slide pass, or the knee to three quarter mount, and then the full mount. He's got the same moves every single time, and they fucking work. And I've seen you him compete. Can't stop him. You can't. I've seen him compete against top level black belts. Black belts in jujitsu. Black belts. Black bites. <laughs> and uh, I've seen him compete against them. Just everyone's like, oh, yeah, Jake's going to get killed. He goes out there and make them look like they fucking never did jujitsu in their life. Yeah. I'm like, damn, this guy's good. Roll with them. I've, I've had uh, people here at my gym from other countries, you know, teaching uh, seminars and things like that. And Jake's come in to roll with them specifically because he heard they were in town. And he's made them look like they fucking, like, they couldn't do shit to him. Sure, they nullified each other. But Jake's all Jake's an MMA fighter. He's not just a straight jiu-jitsu guy. And these guys are just training nothing but jiu-jitsu. Stud. Ray Cooper finished or I think he's finished them once and went to this one or he finished them both times. Can you click on there? They finished them both times. Okay. He did they finish them both times. Both? TKO and TKO. Yep. One in the first one. Yeah, TKO and TKO. Yep. Jeez, man. Vicious. Second round, first time, <clears throat> first round, the second. Jeez. Just nasty. He's a fucking savage. But hey, he's he's fun to watch, and uh, you guys got to keep an eye on him, man. Because I'm telling you guys right now, there's certain fighters that <clears throat> we're gonna speak highly of. To me, I feel like he's one of them. He doesn't get enough credit, and he's always a fun watch. Always a fun watch. I'd like to steal him for to Bellator. <laughs> I'd like to I'd like to steal him over there. Get him over. I like him a lot. Um, who else in here on this card? 
You got. I think an interesting matchup on this card is Cesar Fajaya against mm-hmm. Chris Camozzi. Chris Camozzi is the guy, man. You know, fought in the UFC for a while. He's got a good ground game. He likes to stand up. He was actually fighting in Glory for mm-hmm. a while. Um, I recall Fajaya's that. got pretty decent stand up, and he's got a really good submission game and stuff. But that's an interesting matchup. I think just because of the way that Chris goes after. Uh, the stand-up, we'll see if Chris can can actually hurt him on the feet. If it goes to the ground, obviously, Cesar's got the advantage in, in the fight, but it'll be interesting. But Chris is not hard. To, he's not easy to take down. You know, I mean, a lot of his career no. he spent trying to defend the takedowns. He was always known for his striking, you know, and keeping it on the feet. And the guys that could get him down, he was able to kind of sometimes weather the storm and get back to his feet. He's just not the same fighter after he's taken down. He, his striking starts to slow down a little bit, which is most strikers, just to be honest. His striking starts to slow down. His technique starts to go a little bit out the door, and you know, and nothing comes out clean and fast and explosive anymore. So, but he's talented. He's always, you know, he always comes ready to fight, and that's those are the those are the fighters. Even though like maybe they're not considered like in their prime anymore, whatever it is, but they're still fun to watch. Yeah. I love watching. You know, I love watching fighters that have come out and just they've they've had their moment in the sun, but they still bring it every single time. And those are the fighters that I just enjoy watching. Chris Camozzi is fun to watch. Um, you know, obviously Vinny, Vinny's good on the ground. Vinny's just, he's just got the same problem every single time is if he can't get the submission early, he just slows down. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's not, and he's okay with accepting that bottom position a little bit. I don't, bit how I don't, I don't see did. Vinny winning that fight. Yeah. But the thing with the thing with him, is it like, he just got, I don't, is, is it just cause like, let me ask you this. Do heavyweights just have a hard time dedicating like an hour of their time or 30 minutes of their time to cardio? No. Because they fucking seem like they're never in shape. Okay, here, here's the difference. I said, well, no, it's, it's simple. You're, 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 you're a heavyweight, so I want to hear what you have to say. I'm, I'm, I'm you're being probably honest. a super when heavyweight. You're talking but... about fighting. This is what people don't get. <laughs> super it's heavyweight. It's like, well, you know, in, there, there's differences. When, if you're, if John, you're, you're a about, super heavyweight, John. We know. I'm definitely know. super heavyweight. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're That's talking why about, they call you Big John. <laughs> if you're talking about different, I'm not even close to this big man. I'm, oh, I'm slipping down. Oh, dude, uh, but heavyweights moving your body takes a lot more energy than moving, you know, that of a light. A lightweight's 155 pounds. You're 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 carrying usually over a hundred pounds more that you're moving, and it's like if I put a hundred pound vest on you, how long are you going to last in that round? You're not because it's a lot of weight. Now, obviously, it, it would have to be altered to be you know percentage wise exactly the same, but you're just carrying more weight. So the, your ability to have those moments of blast, you're burning a lot more gas to get that blast than the lighter weight guy. And so you have to be careful with it. And, and big guys, if there's one thing about big guys that, you know, I've figured out mentally when they get tired, they start to fall apart. Hmm. They just start to, you know, it's not that they quit, but it's, they wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm just going to get that, that breath. And they never get the breath. It never comes. It never comes. And so they're waiting, waiting, and it just waits. And it just oh, happens sometimes shit. with heavyweights. You know, it's, you know, sometimes you, you feel good and you you have energy, and sometimes it's like, man, you get, you get tired and you're tired right away. And once they're tired, it's usually not a good thing. I mean, like, that's why guys like Kane did so well. Oh, yeah. You know, he was able to take and put a pace on guys and break them down physically as far <clears> as – push him over the edge and just dismantle him based on he was always able to maintain that pace.
pace at the weight that yeah. he was at. It didn't bother him. So big lungs. Got to give it to him. His career, I think, would have been way different had he had he not lost to Verdum. I think after that fight, I think he just something happened. I think with him, just mentally, in terms of, I know he had some back problems. You know, I had back surgery twice. I, 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 surgery. I would, I would really, I would really say that you know, the, everyone's got their thing that they're, you know, they have that makes them good, and everyone's got something that it's a problem. And Kane broke easy. Now that's not his fault, but he got injured a lot. He got injured by things. Oh, like, oh okay, okay. Been, I thought you meant like he broke mentally. Easy. Oh, no, like, no, no, never broke no. mentally. He broke, you know, <laughs> I was like, physically, not. physically, he broke down. You yeah. know, he had his back was always bad. From the moment that he started fighting, I was told yeah. hey, he's got lower back issues. Yeah. You know, and so you look and you go, well, you know, everyone's got their things. You know, there's no no one's is that indestructible. They get, they get put together with everything. You, you know, they may have the physical ability of. You know, the best you've ever seen. And mentally, they're just not that strong. Kane mentally was actually strong. He's Fucking a strong stud. dude mentally. Yeah. Mentally but strong. And physically, he had his attributes. He wasn't the strongest guy. He had he had good technique. Nope. But, man, he had a gas tank, and that's what made him who he was. So He wasn't the best technician. He wasn't the strongest guy. He definitely was not the biggest heavyweight. No. He was walked around like 232, 238, you know, towards the end of his career, starting to put a little bit more weight on, but that's because yeah. he was lifting heavier. But um, <clears throat> but no, mentally strong, there was, I don't think there was another person in our gym that was more mentally strong than him. Fitch. Nobody. I was the, probably the next closest would maybe was Fitch. Probably yeah. the next closest. But even Fitch had moments where he wasn't mentally that like strong. Like there he had moments. That was never the case with Kane. Kane was, I I would say, probably the most mentally strong person I think I've, probably one of the most I've ever met, yeah, especially if, inside that room. If you go back to it, I know you, you said the thing with Verdum. That wasn't the fight that I thought caused him a lot of problems. I would say that, you know, and he came back from it, but the, the first fight that he had with Junior, mm -hmm. where he fought, you know, that was the first fight that the UFC did on Fox, you know, and... Yep. He was in. He was injured going into that fight. Yeah, he got injured the week before. Yeah, his knee the was Thursday before gone. the Thursday before. Yeah, he he slipped on the mat wrestling with uh, somebody. Slipped on the mat and his knee turned out, tore it. Fucking in the UFC, they made him an offer he couldn't refuse. I know, and that okay. was the biggest thing. And they were saying like, "Hey, we need you on this card. Like, we yep. have to have you fight." And like, it was he knew he couldn't really wrestle because his knee was fucked up. He knew he couldn't really kick because his knee was fucked up. It was like, it's a shitty situation to be in. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong though. I can't take anything away from junior man. Junior. No, 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 no. Hit perfectly. All those actions. Junior did his job, happened, but junior did his job, but going yeah. into it, even I, as the referee knew that Kane had a problem. Yeah. And so you, you look and you go, that was one because he was undefeated at that time. I know. And it, it was just everything. He was the champion. He had just beaten Lesnar. He was undefeated. He had all these things going for him. And he, he ended up going and taking that, you know, continuing with that fight. Not not saying taking it, but continuing on and, you know, bringing that fight to fruition when he knew going in, this is not going to be good for me. You know, and that's tough. Yeah, but the thing with that situation is that, that right there made his the rest of the like he made more money for that one fight I know than he made for the rest of his fights probably all combined yeah. and so when it when it came down to like that that changed his life that one fight and so if if it was worth it, I would say it was worth it because oh, he would have never have made any more any anywhere near as much money for any other fight like we're talking 
he made Conor McGregor money for that fight before Conor McGregor was around. I know. That's that was the that life changing situation. And I thought it was it's a shitty situation to be in because his fucking camp before that was doing great. And then like the Thursday before is our last wrestling day. He's just doing some wall stuff. It got real sweaty in the gym and he fucking stepped back and slipped and his knee turned out. And it was like, fuck, man, everyone was just stressing, pissed off. And just the whole gym was down. Everybody was down. The fact that that shit happened it was like, yeah. gosh, like we're like, damn it. Why do you even have to fucking wrestle today? And it was like, they weren't <laughs> even going hard. You know, it's like, you know, what is it? The whole fucking 50, 50 hindsight or 20, yeah, 20, yeah, whatever 20, the fuck you guys know. 20, 20 hindsight. Good, if you have 50, 50 hindsight. Yeah, I'm not you're, good at math. 50-50 is not really <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not good at math. So 50-50, 20-20, everything is hindsight, yeah. Uh, but anyways, I don't know how we got off on the Kane situation, but, um, you know, overall, I mean. Just talking about yeah. heavyweights, baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing with Vinny. Vinny just needs to make sure that he's in shape. But some people are built for it, you know, and it's very rare that heavyweights are built that way. But he's and not shit, a heavyweight. He's a light heavyweight. I know, but I know, I know he's a big guy, though. He's a, yeah. he's a, he's a thick big guy, you know. It's very rare, though, not, that bigger guys. But he's not like, He's not that guy that's carrying all that, that weight, you know. He's, Trevor Prangley wasn't a big guy either. He was big, but he wasn't that big. And he Trevor got a motherfucker could never get in shape. <laughs> matter how much running we did uh, i swear that guy i made him do all the cardio that i did for his jeremy horn fight after the first round he looked like he fucking died i swear i was like what is wrong with you i know you're in shape what is wrong with you fuck it. i mean the only thing to separate him like between him and mike van arsdale van arsdale was like in the corner throw the fucking towel in i'm done i'm not going back out there bob fuck you i ain't going back out there and fucking and 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 trevor would be just god i don't want to go back out there but all right i'll go you know you just lumber out there and it was the physical domination oh. dominating strength of jeremy horn everyone knew about it yeah that's what right. did <laughs> i thought trevor won that fight by the way that sucked because if you'd have won that fight he would have got a title shot and that's what sucked yeah. felt bad for him but i don't think he would i don't think he would have wanted to fight chuck because chuck was the champ at the time i'm like that's not really what the fight you want so but still would have been great for him to get at least a shot at the title because he, he would have been next because yeah. he beat he beat travis looter he beat uh somebody else was, oh god something stout i think his name was something jeremy no curtis something stout, stout. Curtis, curtis stout he beat curtis stout then he beat jeremy horn and or he didn't beat jeremy horn but he should have beat jeremy horn he beat somebody in the middle there i think but yeah then he would have fought chuck chuck and we were all actually friends like yeah so yeah uh, but, Tom Lawler is fighting Jordan Young. Tom Lawler being a, I, I love the best part about Tom Lawler is his weigh-ins. He usually comes dressed for something. I love the stuff that he does, but he's get, he's getting up in age there, and his his weight is now he's he's light heavyweight. Jordan Young is, as you would say, long, tall, and lanky. He's actually good just about everywhere. That's going to be a tough fight, but good yeah. luck to Tom Lawler. I hope he does well. I don't know if you guys ever heard the story, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on a limb and tell it to you guys, anyways. Um, I'm, I'm sure Kyle Kingsbury. Don't go too far out on a limb; you could fall off and break your ribs, dude. Just yeah, not all of us uh, carry a chainsaw <laughs> and climb the ladder to go do that, buddy. Um, th there was a show in San Jose. I think it was the show that was on a Wednesday, a UFC fight that was on a Wednesday. I think it was that one. And Jeremy and Tom Lawler and Kyle Kingsbury are on the same card. And the two of them had this bet on whoever would win. Like whoever whoever won their fight, whoever lost their fight, had to uh, had to walk around with the vibrator up their ass at an after party. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I don't I even want to know. I think I think they both lost. It was great. I think they both had to walk around with the fucking. 
the after party. And you see them both in you, you see them in the corner occasionally like like you sure that, little, you like sure that wasn't when they faces? fought? Because didn't they fight? Kyle no, Kingsbury. I don't think they fought. No, they I didn't think fight. They did. did they fight? Did they? Yeah, I thought I think they it fought. It might have been when they the fought the ultimate fighter finale. It might have been when they fought. Anyways, but yeah, it was. Yeah, well, then yeah. I, I can tell you it was Kyle so Kingsbury. Kyle. Kyle Kingsbury had the vibrator. He had the vibrator. <laughs> oh, King Boo. Oh. King Boo was just vibrating. Yeah. He was zinging. I got to give more details on that fight, on that whole situation. But yeah, Kings Boo was telling me the story one time in the locker room. Not in the shower, ladies and gentlemen, but in the locker room. He was telling me the story about the situation. I thought it was a San Jose fight card. Is that, was that, in, it was a finale, so it wasn't in San Jose. Yeah, that would have been in Vegas. Interesting. Though. Yeah, that would have been Vegas, right? The Pearl or some shit yep. back then. Anyways. Hard, hard Rock or the Pearl. Hard Rock or the Pearl, yeah. Anyways, what was it called at the Hard Rock? Uh, what was the. Oh, what was the venue there? A little venue there. Hmm. It was I a cool little there. venue. Yeah, it was great. It's a cool little spot. Except, man, it was loud in there. Yeah. I used to yeah, get yeah, a headache every fucking time. Joint. It was one of those. The joint. It was one of those. Was it the joint. The joint. That's right. It was one of those things, though, which was great. Um, you'd be watching the fights, but then, like, everyone's hanging out at the bar because the bar was at the top of the down, like, the amphitheater seating. Yep. The bar was up at the top, and... They're like, oh shit! You'd be like drinking. Everyone's like, oh shit! There's fights going on. Let's go see the fights. You hey. watch a little bit of the fight. Go back, get some more drinks. It was a cool little setup. I don't know. Anyways, all right. So uh, go back onto the the PFL card. The rest of the card. There's a couple. Of, you got you know Sorty, who's been doing very well in the PFL. He's taking on Dan Spawn. Mm-hmm. You know that's a decent fight. Dan's kind of getting towards the end of his uh, career, like you said with uh, Vinny. Vinny's taking on as I. I screwed up before saying horse face. It's shoe face. Antonio <laughs> Jr. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think Antonio Jr. is just too much for him. He's just been fighting better people and just don't see it, that going Vinny's way. But, you know, the guy that, you know, the last uh, we were talking about, Gleason Tebow, I know that Zhao Zeferino is on this card too. He's fighting mm-hmm. uh, Jason Pone. And yep. uh, that looks like it'll be a good fight for him too. Yep, Jason's in over his head. Well, we'll see. I mean, I was I would like to talk about Curtis Millender, but he just he just I mean he went from losing in the Bellator situation, then he went out, and then he lost to uh, to uh, Rory his fight right, and then just hasn't been like he just hasn't been performing. He's one of those athletes that are extremely talented, but just doesn't just doesn't perform. He underperforms. Yeah, and it sucks because you know he's talented, you know he's good, you know he could yeah. be he'd be better than what he is. So hopefully he gets back on track, but it's not looking like it. No, because Magomed's pretty tough. Yeah, go ahead so and say that name. Go, give give me his last name. Come on, Magomed. See the easiest part is the first part. Magomed, Magomed, Karimov. There you go. You're close. Magomed yeah. Karimov. As long pretty as I don't have there, to say baby. fucking the, the girl's name from Bellator. Fuck, we're good. <laughs> Jeez, can't remember it. Just say Lord. Marina. Uh, Marina. Everything's Marina. I'm going to go by first names from now on. It's so funny. I was, we were talking that whole Mahakna Kina. What was funny is we were talking about how I could do the interview without saying her last name. That's what it got to. It got to the point at the end, like, so hey, everyone, congratulations, uh, Marina. Marina. Like, that, that doesn't sound right, guys. That doesn't I sound right. I got it. I love it. And your winner. 
I, and that was it. And, you're, and you have to say her name, though. Like, I apologize for putting you in that position. That was my fault. I, I, wait, 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 wait. Why are you apologizing now? You're fucking putting me back in it this time, too, next week. From what I understand, I heard I'm back in the damn cage for all the damn interviews. I don't know. I, they haven't said anything to me. So. Yeah, well, they told me today. Thank you very much. Ooh, I'm sorry, brother. Thank you very much. Are you back up at the desk, though, or do I got to cover no all the prelims? Idea. I'd rather no run idea. down. I'd rather run down than cover all the prelims. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, it's great. I love Horrible. it. John, I got to tell you, and I've said this to I don't know how many people, but we have a fucking really fun job. And we work with, we work, our production team is fucking awesome. Like our whole yep. crew is awesome, you know, but I mean, I have so much fun with our crew. It's crazy. Like, I'm like, man, you guys pay me for this? Psh, we don't tell them because. I'm like, yeah, but we're getting I'm like, you guys pay me for this? Fuck. I'm like, yeah, well, shit. I shouldn't say that because I'm about to ask for a raise. But <laughs> it's like, it's so great, though. I love it. I love this. This is so much fun. We do that and then we do this. And I'm like, pretty soon we won't have to work anymore. Well, this is not, yeah, time to look at this as work. This is fun. When you love your work, <sighs> that's good. Yeah. All right. Look, let's get into the UFC. All right. Uh, all right. Korean zombie. Danny Ige. Oh, love, man. I, love I love Danny Dan. Ige. I love Danny Ige. But we see, here's the thing. When we start off with that. You know, here comes the bad part. I know. It's, it's, uh, I just, Danny Ige, tough. Man, resilient, gritty, all those things. He's just not as technically proficient in the all-around game as the Korean zombie. Look at Chan Sung Jung is just a dynamite fighter. Wait, that's his name? Yeah. I thought it was always just Zombie. <laughs> I didn't realize. <laughs> well, if you want to be smart. I didn't realize that was his full name. You want name. to be Shit. smart. Zombie is just. Zombie. <laughs> he's just a really good fighter. You know, you can take a look and, you know, and yes, he, he's had a couple of losses recently and stuff. But, you know, his, his loss to um, Brian Ortega, man, you know, he got hit with some big shots that. After a while, you know, he wasn't the same fighter, but he made it through that fight, which I was really impressed with that he made it through with some of the damage that he took. But you just take a look at, you know, yes, he lost to Yair Rodriguez. He was winning that fight. No, he was dominating that fight. That fight was his fight, and he got hit with a reverse elbow or whatever you want to call it and, you know, ended the fight for him. And, hey, congratulations, Yair, for a fantastic job in finishing a fight in the last seconds of the, the actual fight. But... He was winning that fight. So you take a look at, you know, Frankie Edgar. He just, you know, Frankie still is damn good. And, you know, he lit Frankie up. And I just look at this fight with Dan Ige. Dan Ige, in a lot of ways, is not Frankie Edgar, but similar as far as size, similar as far as some of the things he tries to do. And I just don't see it being a good matchup stylistically for Dan Ige. That doesn't mean that Dan can't win it, but. He's definitely going to have to take some big shots, bite down on that mouthpiece, and get lucky as far as landing that big, big shot that hurts Zombie, that may not put him out of the fight, but alters what he's able to do for the rest of the fight. That's what Ige needs to do. But it's still a, it's a great matchup. I love both competitors, and it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, look, I'm not going to count Ige out because I think he has a – I think he's got a good chance if he continues to put the pressure, if he threatens to take down a lot. His stand-up is where he's going to lack. He's going to take some big shots. He whether he not can take want those to shots. be on the ground with the zombie. You don't I think he wants know. to be on the ground with him? No. 
That is not. A I good don't think place he wants to be, to be on the feet with him. I don't think he wants to be on the feet with him. That's the thing. So where does he win the fight? See, like to me, I feel like Dan in the top position will have a good chance. Okay. Dan on the bottom is not a good position. Obviously. There you go. I don't think that. I don't think that as okay. well. I think on top though, I think Dan's going to press him to the fence. Going to try to dirty box him. Randy Couture him, and then if he can't get him, then he's going to eventually try to work for the takedown. He's going to try to keep him pressed there. Dan on the outside in the stand up position, it's not a good position for him. Korean Zombie possesses too much power. He's going to take some shots. He does take shots. He's technically not as tight with his his defense on his boxing. He's going to have to be careful in those in those exchanges. And, I mean, you got to remember, he was piecing up Yair. And Dan Iga is not Yair Rodriguez on the feet. And he was touching Yair all over the place. Yeah. So, I like, well, I think the only position for Dan to win this fight is to keep him pressed against the fence, dirty box him, grind on him. But you can't hang on him because you're the smaller guy. <laughs> you know? So, that's the thing. It's like, you got to get him to the ground and get him to the top position. If you can get to the top position, I think he's better than him in terms of putting the putting the weight on him, being able to try and pass. Dan's good on the ground. I've grappled him a couple times. He's he's you know he's good on the ground. He's technically pretty sound. Um, he doesn't do anything spectacular, but he's not trying to. He's gonna try to do what he, what what, the, what uh, Khabib and some of the Dagestani guys do. He's gonna try to pass your guard, get you the crucifix, put the pressure on you. You know, make you fight out of shitty positions, exhaust yourself, and just touch you and touch you and until eventually, because he one thing he is, he's fucking always in shape. Oh, he, One thing Dan Ige will be in is in phenomenal shape. And Korean he's a zombie gamer, does, dude. yeah, and that's the so is zombie, but zombie does slow down, and so he will slow down a little bit in terms of you know if, if it's not going his way, he will start reaching and being getting desperate because he wants to try to push the pace on you. So he's 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 always in shape as well, but he will slow down a little bit because he throws everything with a lot of power, and so we saw that against um, Brian Ortega as well. So <clears throat> he needs to make sure that he stays tight. Because Dan will make it Dan easier for him to get the takedown if he is able to get the takedown. Dan on top, and he's got a chance. Dan on bottom, no chance. Dan on the feet, I give it a 70-30 chance. Look, I'm a Dan Ige fan, so I'm rooting for him. You know, um, I like the kid a lot. I remember, he, I, don't think, I don't even know if he was in the UFC yet when I first met him. Great kid. Worked for uh, Ali as like a, an assistant, training him full-time. Like, he's he's a good kid. Really nice kid, man. So, I cheer for him. I root for him. And, uh... You know, wish him the best, man. Good luck. It's yeah. gonna be a tough task, but I think I think he might have a chance. I, I say I give it a sixty forty, which is better than a seventy thirty or an eighty twenty. See, my math skills are getting better. Um, but yeah, I think it's somewhere around there. Yeah, I give Dan, it a sixty forty yeah. chance. You got to figure since Dan has come into the UFC somewhere, I think this is close to his tenth fight. Mm-hmm. I think he's got one submission win in all those. Yeah, I don't and think he needs to submit him though. I think I, he just. Needs I'm to not saying he's. I don't think. He, I don't think he's good enough. He's not yeah. that type of grappler to submit. Yeah. You know, zombie. Zombies, in my opinion, zombie is a better submission fighter. Yeah, as far as uh, pulling off the submission, but it's gonna be tough. But zombies, no Calvin Cater either. No, so that's the not thing. the stand up. You know, not but, the stand up. But he's damn good. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's got power. That's the biggest thing with him. He's got a chin. And he's got power. Yep. All right. So, um, let's see. Go Alexia back and watch him and Leonard Garcia. Ooh. No. <laughs> damn. That first throwback. fight, I still... That's that throwback. W-E-C, baby. God damn, they had some good fights. All right, give me another card, another fight on this card you like. Oh, my God, it's a tough one. You know, when you look at it, I... First off, I, I really like Danny Roberts and Tim Means both. I think mm-hmm. they're both fun to watch. Tim Means is the, the dirty bird. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just a... He 
a gamer. He's fun to watch and stuff. But if I was going to look and say, I want to see, uh, I'm going to go with, I, I do. I want to see Chito Vera against Davy Grant. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Chito Vera against Davey, Davey Grant. He, he's a gamer too. He's tough as nails, and you know Vera is. He's he's sharp in the stand up. Uh, he understands how to keep his distance, but Davy Grant's that kind of guy that you know he'll take one to give one. Sometimes he'll take two to give one. So he's gonna push. He's gonna he's gonna be right in the middle of Chito. So it'll be fun to watch. I think that's gonna be a, a just a good fight. Yeah, I think it's going to be fireworks, but I'm going to give it to Cheeto. I'm a Cheeto fan. That's yeah. why. <laughs> You're over. Cheeto, yeah, I have a little bit of a Cheeto fan. Cheeto trains at Ruka, and I know a lot of guys out of that Ruka gym. And so Rock holds that right now. You know, Bisbing's out of there. And, you know, um, you know some of the other guys that I know that are out of there. So, But that whole crew that, that trains there, they've, they've, I think, and Mackenzie Dern, she's out of there as well. But they're very focused on what they're doing at the gym. They great personalities, great, great atmosphere, great people to be around. He's got a, he's very lighthearted. You know, you see a lot of the videos that he does with Rockhold and they're fucking hilarious. The two of them, it's like big brother, little brother, but Cheeto's like the more mature one. So it's just fun. It's just fun. But I think, uh, look, Cheeto just needs to keep his, keep his defense tight, use his hands, use his kickboxing and stuff, takedowns and, you know, make sure he makes it a full round MMA fight. And he's got a great chance to get in the win. It's going to be a scrap, but that to me, like I was saying, I think Good it's going to be probably fight of the, probably has a potential to be fight of the night. I'll tell you, there's another one that's on the, it's on the prelims and most people won't pick it out, but there's a guy named Matt Semmelsberger mm-hmm. against Chaos Williams. That should be a fun ah. fight. Semmelsberger. I forgot about beat. chaos. He's tough, and chaos has got power. So that one is, it's sitting there, you know, on the prelims and stuff. But I think it's gonna be fun. I think it's a good matchup. I like, I like what they were thinking when they put that one together. I forgot about chaos Williams. Yeah. Dave, can you click on chaos for us? He lost his last, uh, his last fight, you know, after yeah. having the, the big knockout win. Yeah, but um, he's, scroll down. He's tough. See his record. See his record. It's fun. Trying to think. Oh, Pahea. He yeah. lost to Pahea. Yeah. But he knocked yeah, yeah. out yep. Al Hassan. So he uh I don't they know. He knocked it's, out Moran uh Murano too. Alex Murano yeah. as well. Yeah, take a look at the times on those. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely <laughs> fucking amazing. I love that. I wish that wish I could have done that sometime in my career. Oh, the one the, at least the <laughs> well, yeah, it, the one thing it does tell you is he's got power. You know, yeah, there, there's some snap there. There's no doubt about it. You can't sit there and go, oh, because yeah, if you're looking at, you know, Alex, you know, that's the guy that, you know, Cowboy fought in his last fight. Yeah. To beat Cowboy, you know. So Cowboy's put out a couple people, couldn't put out Alex out. So obviously, Cass Williams has some power in his, his shot and stuff, you know. And obviously, anyone can get hit in the right spot and yeah. go out. But you know, not doing Cowboy it twice, Doing it twice in a row tells yeah. you. He's got power. Not not Cowboy Cerrone, though. What do you mean? You were saying Cowboy. Were you cowboy talking about Cowboy Cerrone? fought Alex. Dude, he couldn't put Alex out. He lost to Alex, where Chaos Williams knocked Alex out fast and then knocked out yeah. Hassan. When you yeah. do it twice in a row, it's telling you he's got power. Gosh, I'm so envious of people that have power. <laughs> I, never, I swear my whole damn career trying to knock dudes out just i think i had a couple like a handful of people but i mean shit it sucked <laughs> you just knew when you landed the clean shot nothing's gonna happen well i wish you know i'm telling you right now okay you didn't have power and i know we're always saying the thing about nate diaz but you, look mm-hmm. at 
when you when you hit Nate with the kick, you heard it, gave him a two piece, and then gave him the soda on the ground. I wish <laughs> Nate would have fucking he gave the two piece to he hurt him. He hurt yeah. Leon. He forgot to deliver the soda. The, it was crazy, John. I'm sitting there yelling at the fucking TV. I was I'm like, yelling too. I'm going, go after him. What are Don't you point doing? at him. Go after him. Stop. Like, what the fuck I are you doing? Like, you're laughing. You're pointing at him. Fucking get okay. after him. And you know what? Let's be honest. Okay? You take a look. Yes, he lost. All that stuff. He didn't lose. In people's no. minds, because of that moment, no. he's a winner. Doesn't matter. I love him. Dude, he just fucking, <laughs> if anything, he upped his fucking stock. Fuck yes. Like, He's like, yo, show me more money. I, like everyone's, everyone's talking about like what's next for him. And we talked about this already. And a lot of shows stole what we talked about because that's what they do. Oh yeah, uh, Ariel, but, you know, Ariel like, stealing what we said. Well, actually, well, it was, you're it was the one last that came show. Up with it. Yeah, it, it was. It's it was their last show. The DC and Hawani, like it was their last show. Like what I said, there's it? levels to this game. They're DC they're not they're, they're not on our level. That's why they had to. They they realized they were just wasting time and money, so they decided to wrap it up and fold it up and take it away. I don't know. DC no, didn't quit. Ariel quit. I love me some DC though. <laughs> I'm gonna see DC on Friday on the golf course. It's gonna be hilarious. I can't wait to see how he actually plays. Dude, you've got to, you know, okay. His, his driver swing is like Charles Barkley. Oh, I swear. Somewhere in there, you got to mashy his ball. Uh, oh, for sure. I'm just right over with my golf oh, cart. Like many times. Golf cart. He won't kick, even realize. Kick that thing to the like, side. Mashy it down. Oh yeah, I'm gonna plug that shit for him. <laughs> drive it, drive over the golf cart, fucking step uh, on it. All the shit that we do, <laughs> tricks of the trade. Yep, <laughs> there's no doubt, no doubt about it. But I'm gonna get video of him fucking hitting off the tee box though, because everyone oh. keeps telling me he looks like Charles Barkley. Oh, does, <laughs> does he have the hitch? He has the hitch. Oh, I heard, he, has, I heard no. he might even have two hitches in one swing. Oh, that's Barkley then. <laughs> Barkley will give it that. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's, I it's love brutal it, to watch. It's going to be fucking great. I love it. He wants to hit uh, that ball so hard. All right, guys. Hey, go to mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in. Give you, and mybookie will give you a little extra spending cash. And there's some fights to bet on. We just talked about the PFL. We just talked about UFC. And there's obviously some other events coming up as well. So check it out. The hockey playoffs are still going. John and I are hockey fans. We've been following up with the hockey. So you guys check on those. The just If anything, just bet overtimes. You guys will win. Okay? So just do that. <laughs> that was my overtime. Thing. It's been overtime city Bet this whole and I'm, overtime. Yeah, I made a couple thousand dollars already because I've been betting overtimes on my book. Telling you, man. So go there. Then if you guys are into basketball, hey man, check it out. Check out the the odds there. I don't follow basketball as much anymore. Um it's just too much, too much for me to, to keep track of. But just too I much. love I love me some hockey, man. And I, I, and I never followed baseball, just to be honest. So <laughs> until it gets to the World Series. <laughs> Sorry, man, but 182 games. Who the fuck is watching 182 games? And then they're sitting here. 160. Whatever. It's all the same. After 100, who gives a shit? Right? So that's the <laughs> it's all truth part of, of your it. math. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's be honest. And they're there's sitting something... here. They, they just started this whole new. Uh, there's like a new thing. Like you get a 10-game suspension if you're a pitcher. If you get stuck with the gooey shit, the, the pine tar and all that shit. Yeah. You get like a 10 game suspension, then it goes up every time you get busted after that. As soon as they started implementing those suspensions, people started hitting the ball out of the park. They'll let you know these guys have been cheating, man. They've been cheating for decades, decades. I mean, don't get me wrong. Pintar's been in the baseball Josh. game business since for 140 years. It always comes down to the same thing I've always said. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Yeah, I get it, man. I get it. Say, say that, tell that to it's Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and Barry Bonds. <laughs> Motherfuckers. <laughs> Man, that was, those were the greatest moments of baseball. They're all juiced to the gills. But hey, oh, look, dude. I mean, 
Yeah, I just baseball just I feel I feel like honestly, look, I would probably follow baseball if they broke it up into two. If they had and I would take two World Series in one year. Do that. If you guys do that, I'd be okay with that. Like if you did you say like you did like a four month season or a five month season and you gave them two months off and then another five month season, I'd probably get along with that. But I don't want to see I don't want to wait till game one hundred and forty. What is it, one one sixty two? One hundred and forty to start paying attention. I don't give a shit, man. I think I don't care about baseball until we hit 140 games in. I'm like, okay, look, when 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 do we do the play-in game? There's that one game, right? The wild card game to get in. That's the one I care about. I start watching baseball then. That's it. I don't watch baseball up until that moment. It, there's something that's a bit the American pastime. Fuck, it's no. in the past, man. It's past. so damn long. It's past that pastime. It takes forever. And I know it's fun. I, look, I love. I thought it was fun to play when I was a kid. I loved baseball when I was a kid. Playing it, I yeah. didn't, hated watching it. It's like, oh, it's like pulling teeth, man. It's ridiculous. All right, go to mybookie.ag, use the promo code weighing in, and check out all the betting odds on all the sport platforms right now. You also have the Tyson Fury coming up. Uh, Tyson Fury and uh, Deontay Wilder. That fight's coming up as well. We got lines on that, so pick that up. But hey, John, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that staring contest because was it first to blink or was it first to walk away? Because that (laughs) shit was five minutes long. And if if one of them didn't blink that long, I'm fucking savages, man. Straight up savages. The first thing you have to love is Tyson Fury coming out with no shirt on. He's got love handles that fucking make mine look fucking pathetic. I love it. Okay. It's awesome, dude. He is just, I love everything about the guy, but this is when you talk about this face off, this is not a face-off. This was a stare-down. But you got to go back and understand Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is the guy every little game he is going to want to win. And at one point in his career, he was a sparring partner brought in for Vitaly Klitschko. And Vitaly was known to use the sauna a lot, bring his sparring partners into the sauna, and then watch them fold in the heat of the sauna and he would always be the last guy walking out of the sauna. So Tyson Fury heard about this and told himself, I am not going to fucking leave the sauna until he does. And so all the sparring partners and Vitaly Klitschko, Tyson Fury being one of the sparring partners goes into the sauna and one by one, they're dropping out and going and here sits Vitaly Klitschko and Tyson Fury and Tyson Fury is just sitting there like, this ain't nothing. This is good. I I feel good in here. And eventually, Vitaly Klitschko left, got out of the sauna, and Tyson Fury, that's the kind of guy he is. He will not back down. So that stare down that you're looking at is Tyson Fury saying, I ain't going to be the first one to blink. I'm not going to be the first one to walk away. I'll stand here all freaking day long if that's what it takes. So you got to love the guy. I love everything about him. I love the way he represents himself. I love the way he represents boxing. He is bringing fun back to heavyweight boxing. He's a blast. I love it. I honestly, honestly, I can't imagine not watching. I can't imagine not watching him fight, man. Like he's fun. Everything about him, his personality, his energy in the, in the ring, everything about him. I enjoy this whole thing right here. I know it seems like bullshit and I actually scrubbed through the whole five minutes because I was like, fuck, is this ever going to (laughs) end? But (laughs) But the reality of it is, once you told me the story, I'm like, oh, 
This is fun. I didn't know that Victory. story until you and I sat down to film this show tonight. You were telling me about it, and I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. But I love the fact that he don't get he don't give two shits. I saw him training at the wind. He's walking through the casino in a robe and his <laughs> in his wind slippers, you know, yeah. and he's got I believe he's got his son with him or whoever with him, one of a younger kid. He's got it with him, and they're going to the pool and he's got his love handles out, and he just doesn't get he's carefree, man. Yeah. You have to think about his personality and the shit that he went through, depression, all that stuff, and weight gain, all those those things, and look at him now. Like anybody, I think anybody can work through anything at any given time with a little bit of help, a little bit of people that care around them and, and just a little bit of drive, man. He has that, you know, and this is going to be like, even though I wanted to see the Anthony Joshua fight more so than this one, I ain't mad at this fight. I'm not mad at this fight at all. You want to know why? Because to me, this is a fun damn fight. And if Wilder wins, we could see a number four. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. John, yeah. when, when fights like this happen, and it's like, look, heavyweight division for the last 10 years has been fucking boring. More than that. Like, yeah, it's been longer than that, I know. But yeah. I mean, like, I'm just simply saying, like, in the last 10 years, it's been boring. Boring as shit. Yeah. I have not cared about heavyweight boxing in in probably two decades. I mean, since when did Tyson leave? Tyson and Vander Holyfield. That was it. That I don't even know if I don't even know if that moment I cared well, anymore because just we well, knew Len- Tyson wasn't what Tyson was because it was Lennox Lewis, but Lennox was the guy that a lot of people did you know, just never got. No, I never but, got into him. Yeah, I like Lennox as a, as as a as a commentator. I like him a little <laughs> bit there. But the bottom line is, I like I think the last time I really cared about an actual real heavyweight boxing match, Riddick Bowe and Holyfield. Okay, that was probably the last time I gave any two shits about heavyweight boxing. Yeah. You know, I mean, I got a little bit into the George Foreman era when he came back because it was kind of fun. You know, it was like, oh, this is George. I didn't get to watch him when I was younger. You know, like when he was when he was fighting. Hey, 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 hey. Watch, even, watch those comments. I wasn't I wasn't born <laughs> yet, old man. I wasn't born yet. <laughs> Fucking all, all 80, year, 80 years of yourself. Huh? You remember those uh, days? Hey, I, 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 I swear to you. OK, I'm telling you this is the truth. I remember seeing George Foreman. Well, don't lie to me, John. Don't lie to me. Fought, Tell me the when, truth. He, when he fought in the Olympics in 1968. I remember that because, you know, I, I, I love the Olympics. I would watch him when I was a little kid because my dad was big into him. And then, you know, I, I love Joe Frazier. And then Joe Frazier fought Muhammad Ali, and I wanted Joe Frazier to win, and he did, right? And I was all excited. And then he fights in 1974 in Kingston, Jamaica. Yeah. He fights George Foreman. I had not seen George Foreman fight since the Olympics. And the one thing that I can remember – I can still remember the interview. George Foreman says, I mean, Joe Frazier is sitting there. And he says, I don't care if he, he goes, how he comes in the ring. He says, what he does, he, says, he can fall down coming in. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to knock him out. I'm thinking, that a baby, Joe. That a baby. <laughs> All I can remember, Coward Cosell, down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier, man. Six <laughs> times, man. I was like, oh, oh my God. No, Joe. <laughs> He was tailor-made for George Foreman, man. He was. <laughs> oh, t- tailor-made. Yeah. Frazier just walked right into everything he threw. Yep. Didn't make it. I, I went back and watched that fight. But with- Foreman was Foreman was a unbelievable fighter. He really was. You know, you look at when he was when he was young. You know, they were again mentally wasn't prepared for everything that came his way because it came so easy and he was so strong, yeah. so powerful. But when he came back, some of the guys that he beat, you know, and if Man, you know, it was it was impressive what he did at his age. And, man, he could take a shot. Yeah, he, that dude had he did chance. that. Didn't he do that thing after Ali had beat him? He did like he fought seven guys in one night. No, he did that before Ali beat him. 
he, he did that before Ali beat him. I thought he, he did was it the after. No, he was the champion. So he he takes on all these guys in one night. Then when Ali beat him, he quit. He stopped fighting. Oh, I thought he you did know? like that afterwards to prove to people that he still had it or whatever. No, he, man, he, he did that before. Again. He stopped fighting. Wow. You know, he it was just he's a crazy story when you look at everything that you know he went through and did. It's it's amazing, but you know, insane, crazy, just crazy power that dude could hit. I watched him work out one time, and he was hitting at the time it was the, the water bags were brand new. Mm-hmm. And he was hitting this fucking water bag, and this fucking water bag was going skaplap and oh, doing yeah. this shutter. And I was like, "God damn, I'm glad I'm not going to get hit by that dude." <laughs> he would just sit there and wing shots. Wah, wah, wah. Man, I, was I like, bet you, oh. I bet you, it sounded like a waterbed when you used to jump on it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Remember those old school fucking like? Fuck, 80s what do you mean? Remember, man? Eight? I had them. You had bad boys. Oh, fuck, fuck yeah, the most uncomfortable fucking bed ever to exist is waterbeds the worst fucking bed ever to exist (laughs) your partner got out of bed everybody fucking oh everyone knew it (laughs) everyone fucking (laughs) you're like man fucking never wanted anyone to stay over the house someday i'll tell you i'll tell you a great waterbed story someday just not right now not right now Come on, John. Don't it had to do with homie. alcohol, too. <laughs> Don't be scared, homie. <laughs> Don't be scared, homie. <laughs> Shit, I remember when I was a kid, fucking, my mom pulled off all the sheets on it, and she was, like, washing them, whatever, and it was just that big rubber, whatever. <laughs> balloon, remember. yeah. And, yeah, it was a big rubber balloon, and I swear, fucking went in with some fucking baby oil and made it a slip and slide. <laughs> my mom was fucking pissed, man. She was so mad at me, fucking oil spots all over the wood because it was, you know, had the wood frames yeah. with a little like foam piece. Was it foam, yeah. like leather wrap yeah. foam on the corners and the edges? Fuck, she was pissed, man. Things were she was awesome. So mad. My dad beat the fucking shit out of me, <laughs> he beat my ass. It was fucking horrible. I swear, I, I, don't, I don't think I went to school the next day. I got my ass beat so bad. It was vicious. Oh, man. All right. So, look, that was a great stare down. I don't want to know if it was whoever walked away, whoever blinked first, but great shit. But I, I'm telling you, like, I don't care who who won the last fight. With Deontay Wilder, that type of power he possesses, it doesn't matter. You get hit by him one time, you see yep. fucking remember let's not let's not forget Tyson Fury woke up like the Undertaker in the twelfth round last fight. Oh. Or the fight before that. Yep. So let's not forget that. He went moment. down that twice happened. in that fight. Yeah, and he fucking and he 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 dominated the fight, but he he went down in the twelfth round. With like a minute, a minute and a half left or whatever in that fight. He went down to the 12th round, got up, rose up like the Undertaker, got back to his feet, put on a great performance to finish the fight. But still, like like that can happen at any moment when you're fighting Deontay Wall. Deontay's so right, not, right not, hand like, can put anybody out. Let's not put him out. I'm not counting him out. Yeah. I think obviously Tyson Fury, the conditioning, the cardio, the way he moves, the way his movement is for such a big guy. I mean, shit, he's like a waterbed in there, man. He just moves fluidly, man. <laughs> Seriously, man. <laughs> Fucking move like yeah. water, that type of shit. What is it? What's the Bruce Lee thing? Flow like water. Flow like, like water, baby. Yeah, he does that shit. So uh, I like him. I, I Like I said, I'm amped for this. the, the heavyweight fights now. It's, and a lot of it's because of Tyson Fury. And you've got Deontay Wilder. You've got Anthony Joshua. And I'm sorry, but I'm not counting out Andy Ruiz yet either. That guy, he's lost a lot of weight. He has had a couple great performance. He's had one great performance since his loss, maybe two, but I think one, the one that I just saw. Well, he just fought he's Chris good. Ariola. Yeah, and he beat Chris, but it was a yeah, great fucking Chris fight. Chris knocked him on his ass, too. Yes, he did. He yes, put him he down did. hard, so. 
Yeah, but that was a great fight. It was now, a really I would, good fight. I, I'd pay to watch that fight twice. Yeah, that was a, it was a good match. Chris, Chris went through a stint, man, where he was just he wasn't focused. You know, Chris, Chris has been around for a long time. Yep. Chris, and Chris is good, really good, great boxer, great tenacity. You know, fucking comes forward, lays heavy leather. But he got timid there for a while, like fighting guys. He just no output. Not always. Never really came in in great shape, but could get in great shape if he wanted to. <coughs> He just wasn't, he was underperforming. And I think he, it seems like he's fixed it. The Andrew Ruiz fight kind of motivated him. There was a fight before that as well that he had fought really well. He seems like he's back. He's back into like his winning ways. I mean, even though he's coming off that loss, but he's coming back in terms of he's getting back to where he, he should have been for all those years. It's sad to see, but I, I remember I worked with a boxer, uh, Ricardo Cortez, and he was, uh, he had headlined or he was like the co-main event, of some of the boxing matches that, that my guy was fighting on. And uh, seems like a nice guy. Very fun to watch. So good stuff, man. Yeah. But like I said, heavyweight boxing's back, man. All right, Dave, what else you got? Uh, other piece of like <clears throat> little news that came out was uh, Dana White saying, so he was asked about working with Ryzen, and he said he's not saying he would, but he's not saying he wouldn't. And so now, obviously, there's buzz around cross-promotion. Uh, yeah, you got to remember, they have, a, they have a working relationship from way back in the day. Saki really? Bara was the... Yeah. Really? Really? Yeah. Let's talk about this working relationship. Well, I mean, it was a I can recall language from my friend Dana about he would never fuck because he got screwed over by that man. <laughs> that back then was considered a working relationship. Okay, got it. All right, there we go. <clears throat> um, look, let's be honest. The the Dana's doing a smart play right here because yeah. his because Saki Bar's relationship with Scott Coker was strong. But if this talk is going on, maybe that relationship is not as strong as we thought. Maybe it was. not strong anymore. Maybe not anymore. So, and the other thing as well, Dana White back then was talking about getting Chuck in that tournament, which they did. They got Chuck in the tournament. Remember, he fought Guy Metzger, and then he fought uh, Alistair. No, Overeem. he didn't fight Guy Metzger in the tournament. He fought. He fought Alistair Overeem was his first fight in the tournament. But then, then he fought Guy. No, he fought him before that. He fought him before that. Okay, sorry. My my apologies. Anyway, so he fought, but he fought um he fought Alistair in the tournament. <clears throat> that whole situation, that was a working relationship. Maybe it wasn't the working relationship that Dana would like, would have liked. But at that time, people need to remember the UFC wasn't shit. It was pride was the shit back then. Everyone was talking about pride. No one was talking about the UFC back then. They weren't talking about the UFC back then. It was like everyone still was like, oh man, pride's on. For Chenshin, Quentin Jackson, you know, I mean, uh, what's it called? Vanderlei, Mirko, Fedor, Noguera. All those guys were over there. That's all they cared about. They, no one cared about what was going on in the UFC at the time. Sure, they had some studs. They had great fighters. They did. You know, and, you know, I was one of them at the time. You know, like, it was like one of the fighters. We were all, that show, though, wasn't getting the recognition that Pride was getting. Yeah. Let's just be honest, and that's the reality of it. But then now. The turn the, the tides have definitely turned where Ryzen is basically just hemorrhaging money to stay afloat is what it seems like. And it's a good opportunity. I think it's a good opportunity for, for Dana to show like, Hey, I'm in cahoots with them to take away that, that leg that you're helping with Bellator. That's a good, I think it's, I think if he's going to do it, that was one of those situations where he's like, I'm going to show you that I can insert myself anywhere Bellator does relationships with and try, potentially take over. And then if it's a business decision, that's what he's doing, you know? And then the same thing can be said about the PFL and the ESPN2 deal. 
is that, you know, they have some sort of working partnership and relationship where the UFC is helping to fund that kind of that show a little bit to keep them afloat. So as if to be a competitor to the to Bellator, as well as to show the government that they are not a monopoly. So, that's you know, I mean, yeah, but that's mainly it's mainly to show that they're not a monopoly, which is yes. I mean, which is kind of a mute point because. They, let's not be let's not deny the fact they are they are the number one promotion in the world it's being proven right now because of the fact that look they're out there doing shows and they've been out there doing shows for the last two months you know and they've been selling out arenas before any other venue or any other show is done and so that's what's putting them ahead of a lot of the other the other promotions the other promotions are not they're not doing that right now you know and so i mean they're getting fans back right now but we'll see what do you think ah uh... <laughs> what do you think? Look, Dana, Dana is playing here because Saki Kabara screwed him over. Let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah. Dana, if there's one thing you know about Dana, Dana's got a long memory. All right. He does not forget. And Saki Kabara and him had a deal to have fighters from Pride come over into the UFC, have fighters from the UFC go over into Pride. That is why. Rico Rodriguez went over to Pride and fought. Chuck Liddell went over to Pride and fought and had those things. And what did Dana get in return? Nada. A big zero. A big goose he will, egg. He doesn't forget. So will he talk with Akibar? Yep. And will he take someone from Rising possibly in the UFC? Yep. Is he going to give something back? That ain't happening. No. Now, would he do this to screw with Scott Coker? Yeah, you know, that's business. That's I think that's the biggest reason why he's doing it. I think he is trying to screw over that relationship. And and all I have to really say about that is you know, shame on Saki Kabara. Yeah, I can understand why you why you're talking to Dana because you're trying to grow your your uh, promotion and rising and everything. But you can't have everything. I say it all the time to people. Look, you can't have it all can't have everything you got you got to pick your route that you're going to go and dana has you know he's one of the first guys that i would say did that you know he he stuck to his guns with lorenzo fortita this is what i'm i'm going full bore here and that's why he is where he's at he's been loyal to that path so when you when you start to stray away from those things it usually doesn't work for you if you're the guy straying dana's not straying saki kabara is straying you know what good luck yeah, I mean it's not going to help the relationship with with Coker oh, with, no. the, with Bellator, and no. then the other thing as well <clears throat> is, I, like I said, I think it's a play. I think it's I think it's a, a way to try and squish that relationship, and which is smart on Dana's part, you know, if that's the case. But I think I think Dana's going to hang him out the dry because the the, <laughs> the past relationships from the Pride days. So let me that's ruin your relationship and then not give you anything and yeah. be done with that. And I'll see you and later. Even if I do give you something, even if it's just a drop in the hat. I'll give you a quick little thing that's going to ruin that relationship for sure. And then I'm going to walk away. So who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. We will. We'll see what happens. But all right, podcast, Dave, we have a couple fan questions. We're going to answer. We're going to wrap this up after what? Five, six of these pod, uh, these fan questions. Let's go. Go for Uh, it, Dave. Let's hear your, let's hear that sexy Scottish voice. Uh, so from Mohammed, try not to stutter. Come on, bro. Can you just speak? Gosh, can you just read the damn question? Look, it's not hard. Read the guy's name and then read the question. Josh, read that guy's name. Read that guy's name. Dave, thanks. That's your job. Just ask him a mathematical equation problem. 
Yeah. One plus two one plus job. two is five. <laughs> <laughs> twenty one. I love Twenty six minus twenty one is baby. four. <laughs> All right, let's go. First question from uh, Mohammed is for Josh and John. Who do you think wins the third time between Peter Yan and Magomed Magomedov if UFC and Bellator agree to do this cross promotion fight? Hashtag and still. I mean, it will never happen. So, <laughs> but we will give you the yeah, we'll give you the outcome on what we think. Um, I think it's going to be the same way that the first two fights were. It's going to be close, and it's really going to come down to who who gets it. I think the first one was a split decision. The second one was a unanimous decision for Peter Yan. And so I think it's going to end up being one of those fights. <clears throat> it's going to come down to whether Magomed Magomedov has grown enough to continue to take him down and do more work and damage from the top position, which is where he wants to be. And because he doesn't want to be on the feet with Peter Yan. That's for sure. But Peter Yan's good enough to stop the takedowns and make him work super hard for the takedowns to where he gets touched on the feet enough that it can win the decision. I don't see either one of them getting finished. I mean, outside of, you know, making a mistake. Yeah. But it's a it's a it's a fucking it's a great fight. But it'll never happen. You know, now that both are in different organizations. But let's not forget Magomed Magomedov's fighting Rafael Stotts right now coming up, and that's gonna be a fucking bar burner. And we'll we'll see what happens with the the, the Aljo fight and the Peter Yan fight if that's ever gonna happen, or if Aljo's gonna wait for someone to fight Peter Yan to see if maybe Peter Yan loses. So it's just funny, man. I swear he's gonna be out for another year. I mean, they should just do it. They should just do an interim title. They should just I do an interim title. I think it's great. It's great. I think you answered that perfectly. I don't need to talk. Perfect. Next one there. Uh, Scott Lumber asks for both. Was there any rituals or superstitions that went into what you wore during fights? Yeah, I I didn't shower for the week of the fight. Oh, Jesus, you sick yeah. bastard. I mean, don't get me wrong. I rinsed off. I rinsed off. Like, I cut weight on, you know, what if I fought, if I weighed in on Thursday, I'd cut weight Thursday. Uh, when, if I weighed in on Friday, I'd cut weight Thursday. And I would just rinse off, but I would never I would never use soap. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't do that up until after the fight. Then as soon as the fight ended, I'd go back in the locker room. And the, you know, normally I fought in the SAP or the, the HP center or whatever it was, the SAP center. So I would go back there, take a towel and shower and use soap and everything back then. But I never I never... I never showered the week of the fight. It was just one of those things. I don't know. <clears throat> Other than that. So that's no. what I was smelling. Yeah, you know it wasn't me. You know it wasn't me. <laughs> oh, I didn't dude, wear deodorant I, either. I, I will tell you, there are plenty of guys that you go, holy Christ, you have been rolling around in a box full of dog turds. It is bad, man. <laughs> I wasn't one of them, though, John. There I were, smelled like roses, motherfucker. There were guys that we actually, I had the commission come back there, and they made them take showers. That's how bad it would get. Wow. Matt Lillard, Matt Lillard would eat onions and shit, and he had the smelliest freaking knee sleeves ever on his neoprene sleeves he would wear. It's like, oh, my God, they were rancid. Probably from he, the Olympics. The Olympics oh, dude, he, he, he was, that dude was special in everything he did. He's a classic. I love him. Remember Matt Horowitz? Oh, Matt Horowitz was yeah, great. They, what a wonderful human being. And one of the stinkiest bastards oh, you could have. Didn't, didn't shower. Around. I'm surprised he didn't end up with like oh, a real bad staph infection at some point in his life. Or, yeah, I think just, staff was afraid to go on him. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it was that bad. But what, just oh, a wonderful shit. person to talk to and just yeah. the nicest guy ever. But man, it was not a. And I can't smell. My nose doesn't work. And it was bad. Oh, man. Uh, what else you got for us? 
Uh, next question comes from Anthony Sergnes, uh, and he asks, what are your thoughts on the 264 bout order with Hardy versus Tiovasa being co-main, Kevin Lee on the prelims, etc.? I didn't see that, though. That's the thing, is I saw, I didn't see him being the prelim. Yeah, see? I didn't see that. I had Gilbert Burns versus Stephen Thompson as the prelim, or the co-main. Co-main. Yeah. So, the, I, I don't, uh, people were talking about that the Greg Hardy was the co-main, and Gilbert Burns no. and them were below them. And it doesn't say that here, so I don't understand why we would talk about it. Far as, about I, and, uh, far as I was informed, uh-huh. the the co-main for that is Gilbert Burns versus Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. So yeah, that makes sense. And this is it's, on their website, so yeah, I would go by that. I don't know where. Uh, maybe it's like somebody just screen. Like maybe they just put the fights on somewhere, and someone thought it was that. All right, uh, next question. They look, they look, okay. <laughs> um, that's, that's that um, next question is from Damien uh, Burry and he asks Josh who has been the most impressive fighter desk analyst uh, you have worked with recently specifically on the Bellator desk if I'm correct the last three you worked with were Bader Anderson and MVP yeah I can't point any of them out I don't want to be that but I don't want to be that guy they both they, all three of them did a great and AJ McKee was on there as well all four of them were were great in their own way you know, they um they all came in, they did their research, they all took notes and they delivered. You know, um I was very impressed because I I have worked with some of the best people in the business and they do no fucking research. And so it's like, you know, and I know they've been around the game for a long time, but some some people can just walk in and do that. I'm not that person. Ask John. I spend hours and hours doing this show, but I also spend hours and hours picking his brain on certain fighters. You guys hear the conversation. John is cornered, or not cornered, but John has refed a lot of these fighters at some point in time in his career. So he's done seven, sometimes eight fights, or maybe even more than that a night in refing. So he knows a lot of these, a lot of these fighters hands on. Whereas me, when I when I fight on a card, I only care about my fucking fight. I don't give a shit about the rest of the fights. And if my teammates are fighting, I care about those fights. But I don't even, can't even I couldn't even tell you who the hell they were fighting. Okay, I didn't care. I cared about my my guys, like whoever it was, whether it was DC, whether it was Trevor, whether it was, you know, Rockhold or whoever, Kane. I didn't care. Fitch, Koss, all of them. I didn't care about anybody else on the card except for the guys that I trained with and myself. So John, he knows all these guys. So when we're talking about, like we talked about the PFL earlier, there's a lot of the guys on the PFL that I, I never even heard of. Shit, there's people on the Belter cards that I've never heard of that I'm like, and I'm being honest, that I got to go home and just start like doing research. You know, be like, oh shit, I have seen this guy fight. I do remember him because it's it's my job and I have to do that. And I was very impressed with all four of those uh, fighters that came in. They didn't take it lightly. They did their research. You know, and um, and they and it showed, and it, they proved it when they got up on the up on the desk. And I'm proud of them for that because a lot of them want to do this afterwards. Maybe they're not as fully committed because they're still fighting at very actively, you know. Um, but they're good. They were all good at what they did. So, and they had their own little quirks and how they how they went about things. But good stuff. I was very happy to work with all four of them. Great people. Next, Next question for. Leroy Fisher, and he asks, do you think Nate blew a chance to finish Leon by pointing at him after he clipped him? I think he should have rushed him. I, I think we already talked about that. Yeah. Like, this Look. is where we said, yeah, he delivered the two-piece and forgot to give him the soda. And but that's that's Nate, you know? Nate, that moment where you saw Leon Edwards with his head kind of hanging down low, and he was a little off balance because his legs are 
are getting stiff and he's having problems, con- you know, controlling his balance. And you see Nate just pointing at him like, ha ha, like, you know, that, that whole Nate Diaz thing. Yeah. You know, that, that's a moment in time that Leon can always look back at and say, thank you, Nate. Thank you for being the way you are. Thank you for being so kind that you did not come and finish me because it wouldn't have taken much. You know, it, it would have taken a Stockton slap to put him on his ass. That's all it would have taken because he was seriously hurt. People, a lot of people were going, oh, he wasn't that hurt. No, he was no, he seriously was hurt. hurt badly. Yeah, he was really hurt. He was in trouble. And, you know, he did a good job of ho- trying to hold on to Nate and try to keep, you know, himself, you know, safe in that. But as those seconds go on, you know, the body starts to come back. And those were precious seconds that Nate was letting pass. And, you know, was it a mistake? If you're if you're intent on trying to really win the fight at that point, yeah, that was a mistake. But no. it also just kind of, in a way, just leads towards the uh, the mythical figure that Nate Diaz has become, and God bless him for it. Yeah, go back to the question, Dave. What was finish the end part of it all? Um, I think he should have rushed him. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Like it's easy <laughs> to sit on our couches, and I'm not, and I'm not Leroy Fisher. I'm not. I'm not trying to poke fun at you or, or get after you at all but it's easy to sit on the couch and just say like oh he should have done this he should have done that let's mind you he just fought you know what did he fight it was a five-round fight correct so he just fought 24 yep. minutes he's exhausted he took he took a ton of shots yep. he finally got to land a clean shot there was a lot of things that went into play like he was fucking tired himself and everyone's like oh nate diaz and the diaz brothers have great conditioning yeah but you're still tired that's the thing. Like, you know, you just clipped them, but you also don't want to run in there because Leon's still dangerous. No matter what happens, Leon's still dangerous. He's still faster than Nate. He still possesses some power, you know, and even though he's on stilts, you know, and he can't really keep his balance, dude, it only takes one shot for you to be on stilts and you to be unconscious. And so he's got, he had to approach that with caution. Should he have thrown a little bit more? Yeah, but no, I don't think he should have rushed in and blitzed him and all. No, he should have went after him, stalked after him and touched him a little bit more. He should have had more output. Yes. But rushing him, no, absolutely not. What else? Um, did you did you guys see the the, tw- the what Leon came out and said, where he said Nate told him after the fight, um, "Don't let these motherfuckers tell you, you ain't shit. Name your price, or they will name it for you." He said that that was the advice Nate gave to him what? after the fight. <clears throat> okay, John, <laughs> this works if you're this works if your last name is Diaz. <laughs> That's the difference. It doesn't work if your last name is Edwards. Well, like here, you can't this, do it. Like, I want you to ahead. take a, there, there's the sound monitors that you can, you know, put in, you know, near a jet engine and it'll tell you how many decibels it is and put it near a race car. It'll tell you how many decibels it is. And I want you to put that sound monitor into the, the Gila river arena that night when Leon Edwards walked out and show me the decibels and then show me the decibels when Nate Diaz walked out. That's what gets you paid yeah the ufc knows they're they're not they're not a dumb organization they know that nate diaz is a big star they know that he's right up there with connor they know all of that and they know that hey there's a reason why we pay him because he gets the reaction from the crowd he gets people buying pay-per-views even when he's not the main event he's the guy that people want to see yeah and why look this is this is the whole logan paul thing you know 
Logan Paul has a lot of people that want to see him. They like him. And Nate Diaz, although he is unorthodox in the way he's gone through some of his career and his choices, that's made him who he is, and people want to see him. He, Him and his brother Nick are... I love them for the fact that they are who they are and they're real. And if they think you're full of shit, they're going to go, you're fucking full of shit. And if they're going to be, you know, in a position that you offer them something that they think that, you know what, you're disrespecting, they're going to go fuck off. You know, you want to come back, come back with me with a real fucking offer till that time I'm out. And that's what yeah. they do. So that's Let's the difference. Let's remember the situation. Was it the Connor fight or was it the Dustin fight where he tested for positive for something? He's like, fuck you. I'm not I'm not behind. That was the Masvidal fight. The Masvidal fight. I'm not accepting your bullshit. You know, like it is what it is. I honestly believe I honestly believe it catapulted both of their careers because the way the two of them handled it. Masvidal said, I respect your decision, man. I expect like, hey, you take care of you and I'll be here when you're ready to fight. There I think go. it catapulted both of their their careers because everyone understood gangster versus gangster that, you know, game recognized game type talk like, nah, fuck that. Don't let them fucking do you dirty because we know at the end of the day, because we've been privy to these type of information is that they will get you to fight on their terms. And then afterwards, they will fucking go ahead and suspend you. Because they got what they wanted. They got their pay-per-view or they got their money from that fight. fight. And he's like, yeah, fuck you. I ain't doing that. No. Uh Uh-uh. And then that right there catapulted him even more into like, this is what it's all about. Like, you need to speak up. Young fighters, don't let them talk you into. If they say you tested positive for a tainted supplement or whatever, whatever it is that they said that you did and you know for sure you didn't, don't let them talk you into saying that you did. Because at the end of the day, just take it, just to be like, no, no, absolutely not. I'm not taking that fucking fight. Especially if you start having a bigger, a little bit bigger of a name. And you tell your opponent, like, no, I didn't take that shit. No, I'm not fighting until you guys take it off and you guys fix this. And that's what made it very important. It made it, it made him, to me, it made me realize how cool. important it was. What'd you we say? T- we talked about this on our podcast when we first started. And I said, it's the most brilliant thing that Nate yes. Diaz could have done. Because he's the one in control. As soon as you say, "Okay, I'll fight," and then we'll fix this, you're not. You have no control. You're screwed. And so it was a brilliant move by Nate because he knew I didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I didn't take anything. And so you're saying I did? Screw you. Okay, I won't fight. And it was. It's, quickly, it's funny how quick that shit got fixed. Huh? Oh, amazing, isn't it? Yeah. No suspensions handed out, nothing. And look, he's dealt with a lot of this shit hands-on because of his brother. You know I mean? Like, remember, they wasted three years of his brother's career. I mean, I want to say it was a little less than that because they reduced the sentence. No, they wanted to give him a lifetime suspension for marijuana. for fucking marijuana, right? And then here we are now where half the country's it's legalized. Well, here we are now. And the UFC, as a company, has has worked with USADA in saying, okay, we're not even going to test for this. I mean, shit, the NFL now is doing that crazy yeah i mean like and it's they've they've wasted people's careers now based off of all that and i get it It was you know marijuana was illegal back then whatever it is but like it wasn't i mean like he he uses it for medical reasons and it's very obvious that he uses it for medical reasons you know so i mean like you know he just needs it's it's an attention thing he like he needs to be able to stay focused and, and use it for his attention his add i believe is what it is so i mean regardless of all that situation like i thought it was brilliant in the way he handled it it was smart, and 
I think that's what cat- helped catapult him even more into stardom was that situation right there. And the way that Mazadal handled it was fucking brilliant as well. I think the two of them understood you do you and I'm going to do me. But guess what? When you're ready to fight and once you get your shit handled, I'll be here and I'm ready to watch. I'm ready to get down after it. And I think that was, I think it just encouraged all the fans to want to be more of a fan of theirs. Perfect. Brilliant. What else you got? Uh, Kevin B is interested in your setup at Bellator this past weekend. He says, what entails who sits at the fight desk and who sits cage side commentary with Ronaldo? Uh, Ronaldo. Big J started at the fight desk during the prelims and Joshua's kid side uh, for the main card. Why did your positions change? John, answer that. <laughs> well, what determines that is if someone breaks rib because they're an idiot <laughs> thinking that they're Paul fucking Bunyan. Uh, <laughs> it can change it. My, our bosses, uh, you know, like Josh guy. and I both work. Uh, we have this, you know, our boss, we have an executive producer. We've got a producer and they were trying to take care of me they were trying to uh make it easier on me so i didn't have to get up in the cage and do the interviews and stuff so they put me on the desk took took josh off of the desk which is his spot and put him next tomorrow for the prelims so he could be down there do the interviews that they had to because they knew that they had lost fights and they knew there was going to be a lot a lot of interviews for poor josh because if there's one thing that josh loves to do it's the interviews he loves in cage interviews it's it probably it's the it's probably the greatest thrill that he gets in life and so they're making him do those so that's not good it was all because of me because i had my accident and stuff so that's why that's why we did the switch thing it's just our bosses they're ones that they're the ones that determined they made that determination and so we do what they say look no no It's John's fucking fault. Let's it just get it all fault. out in the open. It was I John's fault. I said, man, look, I, I thought I was Paul fucking Bunyan, and I was. Oh, man. It was John's fault. I had to run from the fucking cage to the desk. I loved every minute <laughs> of it. I love when you were standing in that cage like, what am I going to say? Oh, <laughs> What's <fuck>. their name? <laughs> it's not even so much that. It was more like, I look, here, you guys have to understand, as a former fighter, right, and you're interviewing another, you're interviewing another fighter, it's you don't want to say anything to offend them because like you're kind of like they're equal like you want you don't want to be very respectful but you also want to bring the most light to them you want to feel like you did them justice and you don't want to let them down and that's kind of like how i feel about it and like let me give you an example like when paul when jason jackson was up there and paul daly stood up there next to him i was put in a position where i had to ask paul a question but we weren't planning to interview paul so then I got stuck in this, like, okay, I have to ask Paul because it's very rude. And and I know Paul, and I've known Paul for years since Strike Force, but like I know Paul. And I'm like, if I don't ask him a question, I may see Paul in the fucking casino. He may try to fuck me up. Cause that's like Paul probably like, hey, how come you didn't ask me a question? How come you didn't talk to me? And like you don't want to be that person. And as a fighter, like I understand, like he wanted to get out there and say, Hey, like, let's show the mutual respect. We're both Jamaican, that type of thing. And I just that puts you in an odd position because you know both fighters. You're friends with both fighters. You've done fighter interviews with both fighters. You've hung out with both fighters outside of, you know, the fights. And it's just, it's a weird, it's a weird feeling. You don't want to be that guy who doesn't respect, doesn't feel like you're showing them respect, but you do respect both. And so it was a weird situation, you know? And so that, those, those, that's why I don't like to do them. You know, I want to make sure that I do the best job for the fighter to give them the most props. 
But sometimes when you don't, it's like, oh, I feel like you let them down. I feel like I let them down because that's their moment, man. That's their fucking moment to shine. And I don't want to be the guy to fuck it up. Let John do that. I want John to fuck that moment up, not me. <laughs> so that's, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. All right. It. What else you got? Two more. We got two more or three. All right. uh, no. How many can, do you want? What, well, how many do you have left? There's four there. Okay. So let's do the four. Let's go. All right. Thomas Gonzalez asks, who would win in a stand-up battle between Michael Chandler and Conor McGregor? Strictly stand-up. Oh. No. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. Simple. <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't know how much more we can go on it. Michael Chandler, can he can fight in the stand-up, but he doesn't have the skill set that Conor McGregor does. Yeah. It's the Conor, threat Conor, of the takedown. And it's, and it's also the range that Conor would be able to control, especially with no threat of a takedown. Not even close. Yeah, that's what you have to remember. If you go back and watch the Oliveira fight, it was the range. Every time, every time Chandler threw, he was way out of range. He didn't. He didn't get there. He couldn't get there. You know, because Oliveira used that push kick, that tip kick. He. That's how he judged the range. And don't get me wrong, he got hit a couple times. But Connor's a little bit more of a mover and a shaker and baker than Oliveira is. He'll stand in front of you and push kick and tip kick you, and he'll throw his combinations and and, and obviously land them. Um, but the thing is, what makes Chandler so good on the feet, or he's devastating on the feet, is that he can threat he can threaten the takedown. If he can't threaten the takedown, you're not worried about being taken down. Then you don't have to worry. You can just cover up, you know, use your head movement, you know, or stay covered so he doesn't hit you with clean hard shots. And you can start to pick him apart using your range. Connor would do that if it was just only on the feet. Yep. Next one. Uh, Bobby Acosta asks, "What belt in the UFC will change hands next?" Oh, shit. <laughs> you can ask that belt? one first. What belt? <clears throat> Damn. Come on. <sighs> shit, what belt in the UFC will change hands first? Let me see. Where are we at? Okay, so it really depends on when Peter Yan fights Aljo again. <laughs> There's that yeah. one. There's that one. And then... Uh, the um, bad and, but then I would also say the Brian Ortega and Max Holloway fight. I think Brian Ortega, or not Max Holloway, Brian Ortega and Volkanovski. I think Brian Ortega beats Volkanovski. I would say your, your two divisions would have the best chance. Then it just depends on when when the fights happen. We, yeah. But I would say that uh, Ortega versus uh, Volkanovski in the featherweight, there's a good chance that that one can change hands. Or And when Jan faces Sterling again, there's a good chance that, that belt's going back to Peter Jan. Yeah. Yeah, those are the two. If I start looking at the rest of them, yeah, I don't know, man. Let me look down, scroll down more. Just uh, let me see. Let me see the Blahovich fight. Blahovich, where's Blahovich at? Right here. Yeah, who who does he have there? He's got Glover to share a fight. Maybe Yuri. Maybe Yuri. Next, he's got Glover to to share his fight again. Next. Yeah, Glover's not going to beat him. I don't think. I like Glover. I I want him to win. I would like to see Glover get the title. That's you know, but uh, but but I think your I think Yuri actually beats him. I think he beats Yon. And then outside of that, I don't see any of those guys really kind of making a full run at it just yet. That doesn't mean that it won't get better between now and the time that the the, the title changes hands. What's next? Uh, next question comes from uh, S, and he asks, with the exception of the Pitbull Bros, why is the older brother nearly always better, the better fighter, when two brothers compete in MMA? I can't think. I can't think of other brothers. I mean, oh, what Lima and yeah, Diego, Diego and, and then... Doug, Fabian Edwards, Leon Edwards. 
Nick and Nate. Uh, well, here, I guess you could say this, though, too. Um, would you say Nick and Nate? Would you say Nick is better than Nate? I, I, mean, I? I can't really say. I, they both have star power. You know, they're Nick's equal. been out for so damn long. I think they're equal. You know, and in terms of like bigger, the older brother being the better, is he older? Is he better because he's got a couple years advantage in terms of that he's been doing it a little bit longer, probably, or he's had a little bit more experience in, in terms of fighting higher level competition because he is older? That could be the play at it. Well, I mean, like, are they? It depends. Who is better at the time in which their career is at? You know, how old is Fabian? How old is Leon? You know, and Leon, it's I know COVID fucked everything up, so everyone got a whole year off, so it's hard to judge. But, I mean, Fabian's not far behind Leon. I know he's got some room to make, but I think he's quite a bit younger than him, a couple years. Couple so years. let's see let's see where they're at in a couple years. Will Fabian be just as good as Leon in a couple years? That, there's a lot. There's a lot. In two years, fucking your life can change in terms of how good you get. You know what I mean? So, like... That's a lot of time in between. So you're saying the older brother, the older brother is because so damn good. You have more time to get better. Yeah. Pretty much, John. Is he just going to agree with me? Well, Thanks, it's, it's the truth. I'm, I'm being honest. You take a look and you go, you know, when you're looking at brothers, it's, it's a matter of usually the older brother is the one that started in the sport first. They've been in it a little bit longer. They're, they're, they've gotten a little bit better. They're fighting better competition at times and stuff. So, yeah, if you're going to say between the Pitbull brothers, you know, there's no doubt Patricio is the more accomplished fighter. He's gotten you know, the titles. He's the better fighter. But, you know, to sit there and say that's always that way, eh, I mean, not not ever that way. They're the only ones. No, they're, they're, there's other guys there and stuff. It's just, it's, uh, I think it's like what Josh is saying, time and and the difference of one or two years, you got to match them when they were both 30 years of age, yeah. not when one is 32 and one is 30. Oh, I am an older brother. I am the oldest. And then my, my brother is a little bit younger than me, about four years younger than me. He tried fighting too when he was 15, fought again when he was like 17, things like that. But this is way back in the day. This is back in 97, 90, you know, so he was young. But the thing is, is there's a couple of things. <clears throat> The older brother tries to lead the way and lead by example. The younger brother tries to keep up with the older brother. And at that time, sometimes it taints their learning process. They always try to do what the older brother's doing instead of learning what their older brother, he took the steps to learn to get to that point. Whereas the younger brother tries to just jump to get to whatever the older brother's doing. So it could be kind of that as well, where they don't learn and spend the time to be the technician that the older brother did. You know, uh, they spent that time learning from their coaches, dedicating their time to it, leading by example. Whereas the younger brother sometimes just always tried to emulate what the older brother did, and it didn't work out. That's or you got you've got Mark and Matt Hughes. I mean, Mark came out first; they're twins, but he was the first one to come out. So he's the older brother. So the younger brother got true. I don't know. That that would not work. (laughs) What you got? Last one comes from Noah Macaluso, and he asks: Is there a rule against holding someone by the throat? John, all you buddy. <laughs> I know is there's the, a rule for it, but is yeah, there a yeah. rule of holding someone by the throat? Yes and no. How's that? It all depends on how you do it. Can you, I explain how you do it? And then you yeah, say go if ahead. I'm right or not? Go ahead, okay. baby. Go ahead. So you can grab the throat fully, but you cannot grab the trachea. And is that correct? Close. Yeah. Fuck what 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 Josh is saying is you can't grab and squeeze in on the throat in any fashion, but you can push and take and grab and put pressure onto the throat like with that you know that bending your thumb and forefinger 
you can take and put all the pressure you want down onto the throat. You just can't start to squeeze in with your fingers. That's that's considered gouging. That's part of the rule set is you cannot gouge or uh, tear at the flesh of your opponent. You cannot grab at the trachea and squeeze or see as we as we would say C clamp the trachea. But you can put as much pressure down on their throat. You can take your forearm. Look, we've we've had guys. There was I'm trying to think of. Um, Lima was just not in the the heavyweight in uh, the UFC was just basically put unconscious with a forearm pressure into his throat. It put him unconscious. So all of that putting, you know, weight pressure, be it with your hand, your fist, you know, when when you're talking about someone like uh, Alexei Olenek, when he's doing an Ezekiel, he's shoving his fist into his opponent's throat and trachea area and creating a pressure that, puts them unconscious or makes them tap so yes you can put that pressure there you just can't squeeze like josh is saying can't squeeze the trachea can't do the c-clamp did that answer the question for you there podcast dave i hope so <laughs> what the uh <clears throat> all right my man hey go to prowrestlingtees.com slash weighing in use the promo code and still and we've got a limited edition uh independence day shirt coming up for the fourth of july so make sure you guys pick one of those up I'm hoping I would get mine in the next like couple of days before I leave uh, up until the 4th of July. So, but it doesn't seem like because Dave's a little bit behind schedule as always. But if you guys go to Soaking Pro up Wrestling the sun Tees, in Austin. I know in Austin. What a, what a savage <laughs> this guy is. But like, we haven't had a chance to talk about it, Dave. How much are you liking it out there? Amazing, man. It's, weather's amazing. The people are amazing. The food's amazing. Oh, man. So good. so basically what we're saying is it's amazing Mm -hmm. hey do you have like that (laughs) do you have do you have furniture yet yeah you see my studio yeah i know but like i wasn't sure if i know the i know you i know you guys ship stuff there but i wasn't sure if you shipped everything or if you guys just well we we bought a a new sofa (laughs) but then but apparently the sofa is going to take 20 weeks to (laughs) to make and ship so 20 weeks 20 weeks because of all this stuff that's going on right now with uh, i would have went to the store and fucking bought one you're out of your damn mind no we didn't no we bought we bought a cheap one like just to just to get us by that that we'll repurpose later but like you know we we got a good sofa like that can last us forever and 20 weeks is the turnaround time first off you have a you have a two-year-old and you Mm -hmm. have and you have one on the way that shit is not lasting forever. <laughs> Just want to let you know that. That shit is not lasting forever. That's it. Well, You're going to go to Dave's house. and I, uh, I don't know. if Okay. Back in the old everywhere. days when I was a kid, a lot of ladies would have their couches had this plastic all over it. it was <laughs> My like, grandmother's house. Oh, man. You go to Dave's house, you're going to have plastic all over his couch. No, nah, Mexicans, gonna... man. My grandmother, every fucking piece of furniture in our house was all wrapped in plastic, fucking Mexican style. <laughs> no, didn't matter. That's what we had. Yeah. <clears throat> the oh, kitchen, the, ki- the, ki- the kitchen uh, table seats were wrapped in plastic. The couch was wrapped in plastic. The ottoman was wrapped in plastic. Everything was wrapped in plastic. Didn't make a difference. Yeah. Shit'll last forever, uh, baby. Fuck, it did. It did. <laughs> and it looked like it, too, because fucking she had the same furniture from when my mom was like a kid <laughs> my mom yeah. was a kid i walked in I'm like it's the same damn furniture not the fucking no dust on it nothing <laughs> fucking <laughs> shit plastic plastic works man that's hilarious plastic on everything oh uh, okay so hey one thing we didn't talk about last week is hey everyone we are doing a 
specific show to headline our clips channel. So make sure you guys go to our clips channel. It's going to be called Wayne Interjection. It's going to be just a short little 15 minute show that we're going to put on our clips channel, but it'll be specifically for people on the clips channel. But we got to get you guys up to, we got to get our clips channel up to a thousand subscribers. So as soon as you guys hit that thousand subscribers, we're going to go ahead and do that extra show to, to get on there. But we want you guys to go to our clips channel. It's called Wayne and Clips or Wayne in Shorts. You guys can go there, check it out. It's a bunch of small clips that we have done. We're moving all of our clips strictly to that page. And so if you guys are, because we see that you guys are searching strictly for like the UFC or strictly for a certain fight or strictly for the drama, whatever's going on, <clears throat> make sure you guys go to our clips channel. That information will be there instead of if you guys, you know, if we had some complaints like, oh, man, your guys' show is two and a half hours long. It's all great content, but where's the timestamps? You know, I, I have a job and I need timestamps. And hey, if you guys want timestamps. Packy or Pocky or whatever his name is, is there. He's a great person. He's been doing them since we started our show. We love him for it, but we will not be doing them. So if you guys <laughs> want, you guys can wait for him to do the timestamps or you guys can go to our clips we channel, hit the subscribe button there. Yeah, go to the, the clips channel, Wayne in Clips or Wayne in Shorts. Click on that and hit subscribe. Also hit the bell there to get the notifications so you see all the new clips that have dropped. You guys, thank you guys so much for following our channel. Thank you guys so much for all the input. We see we have, always have fan questions. And you guys have been buying a ton of shirts, man. We thank you guys for that as right well. All. And so uh, just keep us in your good graces and keep sharing our content and tagging us in content as well. Because John and I, we've been sharing it as well as liking it and also commenting on it. So any type of that stuff you guys set us up on Instagram or on Twitter, you guys comment on us or share our link. We will definitely retweet it and share it and talk to you guys through it. So we want to thank you guys so much and appreciate you. John, we do appreciate you We appreciate everything. All the people that have been with us the whole time. We hope you're still enjoying it. Enjoy the PFL on Thursday night and definitely enjoy the UFC. And we'll be back talking about those fights and what occurred when we see you next. So everyone have a good day and we will see you.